Getting your day started connecting faith to life. Back to Austin Hill in the morning. Eight minutes past the hour from the Faith Radio Network. I'm Austin Hill. Earlier this morning, I mentioned some news from... Uh, Well, from the Associated Press, a consortium of uh, news outlets uh, around the world, quite frankly, but uh, they're reporting and and they're reporting this from the upper Midwest, from Des Moines, Iowa, of all places, that there is a run, has been a run on food pantries around the country. Um, There are real people suffering in our midst, can't pay the bills, can't uh, keep food on the the table and provide for themselves. And uh, with that, the culture oftentimes looks to the wealthy people among us. And uh, sometimes the response to the wealthy people is deplorable, as I see it. Bill English, publisher of BibleandBusiness.com. Where do we start with this issue of charity and justice, as you see it? Well, we start by realizing that uh, the two ideas are connected in Hebrew thinking, but we don't necessarily connect them here in America. So when uh, we have we have a Hebrew word uh, that that is used in Deuteronomy that actually refers to both charity and justice, and it's two sides of the same coin. Mm-hmm. And so in in the Hebrew way of thinking, uh, these two concepts were linked uh, closely at the hip. In the American way of thinking, we rarely connect justice and charity together. Um, uh, and and just just a quick illustration, Austin. If I if I give you a hundred dollars, which I know that you would enjoy if I did that, <clears throat> um, I'm good with that. Yeah, I know you would be. Uh, if I owed it to you, then my giving you the hundred dollars is an act of justice. If I did know it to you, then it would be an act of charity. But it couldn't be both justice and charity in the American sense of how we think about it. But in the Hebraic way of thinking, uh, those two ideas are linked. And that's where um, that's where a, a substantial difference comes in, in in terms of how we start to think about this. So we have to connect charity and justice to really truly have a biblical outlook on these things. Is I, that a good starting point? I think so, and I think it's one of the foundations for Christian stewardship. Now, a lot of people who are going to be listening to what you and I are doing right now uh, this morning are going to say, "Wait a minute, are you going to are you for redistributing you know redistributing wealth through the government, and are you guys?" you know, really going to be supporting that kind of thing? And and my answer is going to be no, but not in the sense that you think. So... Okay. Well, uh, charity and redistribution are not the same thing as I see it, but I'm, I'm not sure where you're going with that. Well, I, okay, I'm sorry. I should have just kept elaborating. Yeah, there. Uh, continue, please. Yeah, re- redistribution of wealth is government is is where is where the force of government government is brought to bear on somebody who has money, and government takes it from one person and gives it to another. Uh, I'm fond of saying that forced charity is not charity. It's redistribution of wealth. Mm -hmm. And so when we pay our taxes and our taxes go to the government and the government takes that money and gives it to other people, uh, that is not charity. That's a redistribution of wealth. Charity comes from is is really a higher calling than than paying your taxes. And I'm not saying you shouldn't pay your taxes. All I'm saying is that charity comes from the heart. It comes from a cheerful heart that wants to give because we know how much God has given to us. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so when we give out of a heart of love and a heart of cheerfulness, that is true charity. So if I was really happy to give you the $100, which I would be, by the way, because, uh, you, you know, the shirts that you wear in the morning, I should probably just go ahead and give it to you. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, that would be an act of love and, and, an, and an act of charity, not an act of justice. 
Sure. Bill English from BibleandBusiness.com in studio with us as we contemplate this issue of uh, charity and justice, the intersection of the two. And while they may be separated in our contemporary culture, uh, they're kind of, as Bill is saying, uh, two sides to the same coin, uh, scripturally speaking. So um, where do we go with what's we wrap our minds around that? How do we begin to apply this to a culture that I think is horribly upside down on the issue of wealth and charity and care for the poor and, and respect for everybody in the economy? Where, where, where do you take that? Well, it's, it's, it's a bit of a catch-22 because in many ways the church – I'm going to talk about the church, the larger church, including mm-hmm. parachurch organizations and all that kind of thing. We have done – both from from one perspective, we have done a really good job of taking care of the poor, and from another perspective, we've really done an awful job of taking care of the poor. I guess it depends on how you look at it, but it, it just seems to me that what has happened is, as the government has become more active in redistributing wealth, the church, generally speaking, has become less passionate about taking care of the poor. You know, if if you were to go back two hundred, two hundred fifty years in this country, the vast majority of of the charitable organizations were started by Christians, and they were there to assist the poor. And the reason that that, that Christianity focuses so much on the poor is because it offends our senses. It offends our sense of justice to see somebody living in squalor and not feel anything to do anything about that. And I and my fear is that Christians have become so conservative in their in their political outlooks, the whole pull yourself up by your own bootstraps mentality, that there's a segment within evangelical Christianity that is so much that way that when they see somebody who is in squalor, boy, they just don't really care. And that that offends me. Uh, it, so, go ahead. So you're saying the biblical admonition to care for the poor is inconsistent with uh, modern day political conservatism? To a point, yes. Okay. And I and I don't I don't mean to be uh, um, off base on that, but yes, to a point. Um, modern day modern day conservatism focuses on self, you know, reliance and self responsibility. At least that's how I understand the uh, the uh, conservative political movement and and those kinds of things. But it seems to me that that the gospel of Jesus Christ and that the charity and the scripture step outside of either the liberal or the conservative camps. And what it really says is because the poor offends our sense of justice, we have a moral duty, a religious duty to give, and especially the rich, to give and to try to help alleviate that poverty. And that's where that sense of both charity and justice comes in. It's just not right. Folks, it's just not right for us to have people living in squalor around this world and at the same time us be living in in massively palatial homes and not feel any sense of disconnect or discord with that. Hmm. I would I would want to add to that. We'll do that when we come back. Uh, we're speaking with Bill English from BibleInBusiness.com. Charity and justice. And the call on the life of the Christian. 16 minutes past the hour. It's the Faith Radio Network. I'm Austin Hill. Stay with us. minutes past the hour from the Faith Radio Network as students are heading back to school. 
We'll talk about uh, what they may encounter, especially at America's universities, secular universities. David Wheaton, author and apologist, joins us in about 20 minutes from now to talk about his book, University of Destruction. Uh, we'll get to that coming up. Bill English, publisher of BibleAndBusiness.com, in studio with us as we talk about the all-important issue of uh, justice and charity. And, uh, yes, I said issue in the singular, because while they may be separate, as uh, our culture customarily thinks of them, uh, Bill is suggesting that biblically uh, they belong together. You trace a lot of this back to uh, an ancient uh, Hebrew concept that really, as I understand it, begins in the word, uh, in the book of Genesis, right there at the beginning. It does. In Genesis eighteen seventeen through 19, you find this phrase, to keep the way of the Lord by doing what is right and just. The Hebrew word there for right, tzedakah, is the word that we're talking about this morning. So if you're a pastor or a scholar, you can look up that word and, and check me on my um, word study there. So that's where that's that's where it's coming from, and really going all the way back to Genesis, that's going to flow through uh, the whole uh, Pentateuch and the and the Hebrew law, and really get baked into their society. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of the concerns I have about the way in which uh, the issue of care for the poor gets spoken of, and, and in many cases practiced within the church, is that it presupposes that our goal here, our only goal here, is to uh, redistribute goods. I mean, I, I listen. I, I I supply stuff. I donate stuff to our church's food pantry, where my wife and son and I worship our local church, and I volunteered at it, and I uh, believe in that. That's necessary. But somebody's in a crisis, they're hungry, you got to feed them. I, I get that. But it seems to me that we need to look beyond merely redistributing emergency resources. We need to figure out how to help somebody get out of the, the poverty hole, so to speak. And it strikes me that the solution to poverty is pr- productivity not redistribution. And it also, Bill English, you tell me, you're uh, frankly more the theological scholar than I am. It seems to me if we take the scripture seriously, both in the Old and New Testament, as it articulates and, and characterizes the care for the poor, it presupposes that the poor person, whenever and wherever they are able to, they need to participate in their own recovery. We, we want to offer help and resources, but they need to step up and, and do the work as well. It, is that a fair characterization? Do you N- think? Not only fair, it's accurate and it's spot on. Uh, redistribution of wealth the way the government does it today actually enables people to remain poor and keeps them poor because, as, as you and I talked about off air here, if the, if the people on, on government assistance try to go back to work, the government takes the assistance away. Uh, instead of instead of helping them uh, develop skills and get ready to become self-sufficient. I would note here, just for historical purposes, that that was not the case. Back during the 1990s, uh, it was President Bill Clinton and his administration that changed those policies and said, no, there needs to be, it was called the work to well, or welfare to work effort. Right. And right. work needed to be involved in the receiving of government assistance that's been done away with now in the last six years. Yeah, it has. And as a result, we've seen an explosion of people on welfare. You know, we have some 40 million people now on food stamps. Some of them need that. But some of them do not. Some of them could go out and earn a living if they wanted to. They just choose not to. And, uh, and that, that is not what, what we're referring to here. What we're referring to here is, is to say give a helping hand to those who need it. But, if they, but at the same time, in a very real sense, Austin, we don't 
throw our pearls before swine. We don't give our gifts to people who are going to abuse it or not use it well. Like like you said off air, um, you know, in the year of Jubilee, we leave extra in the fields for the poor to go gather, but they have to go gather it, right? Mm-hmm. And so there there is this interplay between between helping the poor, but not doing so, doing that in a way that that uh, keeps them in their poverty. So here we sit right now at 23 minutes past the hour on a Wednesday. How's that for working at a time check for the convenience of our listeners? Here we are in <laughs> August of 2015 I'm on the Faith Radio Network. I knew you would be. <laughs> I, I'm having some fun here. But but seriously, and I think you and I emailed about this last week, the Associated Press of all news agencies publishes this huge report uh, depicting the fact that uh, food pantries across the country, and actually the, the, the story was headlined, date, datelined, uh, Des Moines, Iowa, right in the upper Midwest and the heartland of America, food pantries can't keep enough free groceries on the shelf. The dominant narrative in the news media is, oh, Wall Street's great, the economy's in recovery, and yet there's the AP coming in and saying there is real serious suffering. And even churches can't keep enough free food on the shelves. What would you want church leaders and lay ministry leaders to know about that? You know, it seems to me that that if we're going to give things away to people, we need to make sure that we're also helping them become self-sufficient. This is the this is the whole point of When Helping Hurts, that, that book that we talked about last week. Uh, we don't help if if we don't uh, teach also people to become self-sufficient. And and the other response I have to that story, quite frankly, is that we, since the 60s, we have been growing an entire segment of our culture, which I think is now probably close to 50%, that honestly believes that it's really okay to get free stuff from other people as long as the government gives it to you. Mm-hmm. And so let's go after everything we can that's free, and let's not have to work any harder than we have to for the rest of it of, of what we need. Um, I, I, I think that there's some real thinking that needs to go on both in the government and in our churches as to how we help so that we don't keep people in poverty. We help them get out of it uh, and, and become self-sufficient. Is the creation of business a uh, pathway out of poverty? Oh, man, is it ever. You know, I'm teaching a class right now here at the University of Northwestern in the adult focus program, a business management class. And i got to tell you, there's about a half a dozen people in there who are economically um, on probably the lower end. But they all want to start businesses, and they all have dreams about becoming, raising themselves in, on the economic really? ladder. Yes. That's huge. And I got to tell for you, you. I, it was not me that's doing it. I'm just teaching the class. But they have the motivation and the drive and the vision uh, and really the talent to get it done. They just need somebody to come along and help them out a little bit and give them some opportunities. And, uh, boy, I'm really excited to see that. Now, that is, provides a great segue. Speaking of the master of the formatics here, Bill English, who's plotting to take over the Internet, yes, segueing, right, segueing into right another topic. I know we've got this. I don't know if we have a precise date uh, scheduled for this, but uh, on one of your upcoming appearances here in our morning program, uh, you're going to talk with us about business mentorship. You know, why don't we do that next week then? Why don't we? Yeah, let's do business mentoring Connecting. next week. Aaron McIntyre on the other side of the glass booth, connecting dot A to dot B. Do you approve? Look, he's he's applauding. He's Very applauding. Good. Yes. Listen seriously. <laughs> uh, we can we can uh, we can look for and listen to podcasts from you at myfaithradio.com in the coming few weeks, as I understand. I, I would say probably after a couple months. It's going to take me a couple months to get those up and running. So that's good. That's yeah. uh, that's Bill's plan to take over. But we're very excited. Listen, <laughs> thank you. This is this is uh, we're, we have fun, but this is very thoughtful. We need this conversation. Thank you for what you do. You bet. Thank you, Austin. I appreciate you very much. It's uh, likewise. 
uh, and thank you for the uh, coffee and the bagels, a requisite to getting into the building. It's 26 past the hour. It's the Faith Radio Network. I'm Austin Hill. Wednesday morning underway. Breakpoints on the way.